0: Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the program. Glad to be with you today. It is March 29th, 2021, and we are on episode 55. Like I said, good to have you here. Um, So, we haven't done a COVID update in a while. Um, I feel like it's just kind of slowly going away. I mean, I know that there are places in the country, and I know there are places around the world, like uh, I think Sao Paulo, Brazil, right now is. Um, having an incredibly difficult time um, but for the most part you know i think it's it's one of those things where they're slowly removing restrictions we're moving from tiers you know more restrictive tiers into less restrictive tiers so here in southern California um, where we have been restrictive for most of the 12 to to 16 i don't know how many months it's been now um, but we've really been uh, lockdown. Those of you who are around the country, you know, California and New York probably kind of took the lead in that, and California may even be at the top in terms of restrictions. Um, but we are coming out of it, slowly but surely. Uh, we moved from the purple tier, which is the most restrictive, into the red tier, and now this week or next week it looks like we'll be able to move into the orange. Don't exactly know what that means. Um, But I know that we are slowly moving back indoors. Uh, I think a percentage of occupancy can happen now indoors. Uh, We started high school sports again. Thank goodness uh, Tyler's been able to get back into football and volleyball and play a few games. Um, So yeah, it's slowly working its way back into normal life. But I don't know about you, wherever you're at. um, I hope that things are are going well and that things are progressing, Um, if that means that the vaccine is rolling out and people are taking it and it's leading to herd immunity, then that's great. Uh, Whatever we can do to get rid of this thing Um, and the massive impact it's going to have had on our society. At any rate, um, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, We are still going strong with our 50th episode challenge, although we only have three days left. So one final time, here's how it works. Um, We're asking if you are willing to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will give you free coffee. Uh, Again, I'll put the link in the show notes to make it easy. Uh, The point here is us partnering together to make this show a success and to make sure that you are caffeinated. It's a win-win for sure. Uh, Just a reminder, if you do leave us a review, please reach out to info at transcendhuman.com just to let us know Um, that a review was left, and that way we can get you uh, a coffee gift card. And that's it. Um, Thanks for all of you who have played along so far. Um, Super helpful as we try to grow this together. All right, minute of transparency for today. I'm just going to call it finding my sweet spot. So I'm sure you've all heard the phrase, find your sweet spot or find the sweet spot. I'm sure it's used in many, many ways. But for me growing up, it had to do with sports, two in particular, uh, baseball and tennis. So as a young person learning to play the game of baseball, uh, I still remember my coach telling me about the sweet spot on a bat. So it was somewhere in the middle of the bat, but closer to the end. uh, Let's just say two thirds to three quarters away down the bat. And if you hit a ball too close to your hands, or if you hit it too far out to the end of the bat, uh, you felt the serious vibration and ringing in your hands, and the baseball would leave the bat with limited velocity. And if it was a wooden bat, there was a good chance that it was going to break. But when you hit the fastball right in the sweet spot, your hands don't feel a thing, and the ball just jumps off the bat with the optimal speed and velocity. And it's similar in tennis, right? So you have a tennis racket, and there's a sweet spot on that racket. Uh, it's, it's somewhere directly in the middle of the racket, but it extends downward kind of toward your hands. Uh, it's a small oval shape, and it's really where you want to hit the ball as much as possible. Now, if you don't, the ball leaves the racket with less than optimal speed and power. And again, your hands take a beating as you tend to feel the vibration that goes through the handle of your racket. But when the ball lands directly in the sweet spot of the racket, your hands feel nothing. The tennis ball just leaves the racket with fast speed and power, and you know you've hit it in the right place. But at this point, I'm not really interested in baseball or tennis anymore. I just love the illustration because this concept, the concept of the sweet spot, applies to all of us because we each have a sweet spot. And this spot is something that we need to find in order to understand how to have optimal impact on our world. So traditionally, we figure this out in high school or college, right? We get a degree and we assume that that's our sweet spot. You know, we may even have people telling us, man, you are great. You are so good at what you do. Uh, You must be in your sweet spot. Uh, But at the end of the day, only you know if you've truly found your sweet spot. Uh, You could be in the right job. You could be killing it. You could be, you know, having people praise your work, but still feel empty inside. For me, it took over 40 years to figure that out. But today, I'm pretty confident that I've found my sweet spot when I'm writing and recording content for Transcend Human. How do I know? Well, because it just feels right. There is no vibration, and the words just flow out of me with little to no resistance. You know, it's not a chore. Like It's not something I feel like I have to do. It's not my job. It's not something that I I have to do to survive. Right? It's something I get to do. It's something I want to do, and it's something I love doing. Now, the interesting thing is this there were two other roads that I could have gone down. Both would have been very similar, and each would have kind of utilized what I now know to be my sweet spot. But each of these roads had a downfall, one that would have disrupted the way the ball came off the bat or the racket. Road number one, become a pastor. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. I was actually considering this back in, I think, 1996, before enrolling in the MSW program. Uh, I entertained the idea of getting a master's in biblical studies. My desire was to write at the time, and I figured it was, you know, a more academic route than the traditional MDiv, which is what all the pastors were taking. And I figured if the writing thing didn't work out, I could always just fall back on being a pastor. Road number two Become a clinician. Now, this is the road that I actually did go down. I eventually decided on the MSW, I earned the degree, and I started working as a clinician in the mental health field. This lasted for about seven years, and I was done. I left the field for good, and I haven't looked back. So why is it that these two expressions of my sweet spot didn't work out? Well, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, and these are the conclusions I've drawn. So both of these roads were jobs, professions, means to an end, which was to live, really, right? It's a a means to an end, a job, something you have to do to live. And I don't really know if I would have considered myself in my sweet spot with that as the focus or the goal. As a pastor, I don't feel like I would have been as relevant. Um, I wouldn't feel like I could be doing the things I'm doing on Transcend Human, a pastor speaks directly to a very niche crowd, right? They're people who are coming to your church, people who typically believe similar things to you. Most of your content needs to come out of the Bible, and you're often using Bible verses to back up the stuff that you are talking about. Now, this works well for people who attend your church, but it often alienates people who have never heard of the Bible. And finally— Uh, being a pastor automatically clumps you into the bigger designation of Christianity, which these days doesn't have a very good reputation. Next, as a clinician, um, I would have had to swing too far the other direction. So unless you are a designated Christian counselor, there is no place for religion, Christianity, or spirituality in your work. Traditional treatment modalities like cognitive behavioral therapy, reality therapy, solution focus focus therapy, um, all of these assume that you, the patient, has it within you to fix yourself. Because of this, there is no need for God, religion, spirituality, or any outside force for that matter. It's simply mind over matter, putting yourself, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and choosing a better course of action, a better way of life. Needless to say, I burned out of the field when I noticed that this rarely worked. I would see the same people Over and over again, and they just didn't seem to be getting better. They either had a hard time implementing the tools we discussed, or they flat out chose not to try them. And I quickly realized that there was a piece missing the piece I wasn't allowed to talk about as a clinician, the spiritual state of my clients. And that's why I believe I eventually found my sweet spot in Transcend Human. On the one hand, I'm not a pastor so I don't have all of the baggage and the limitations that go along with that. And on the other hand, I'm not a clinician who has to watch what I say and make sure not to introduce my spiritual bias into the work I do. It's really the best of both worlds. It's my sweet spot. I'm able to process both clinical and spiritual concepts at the same time, and I'm not legally bound to anyone or anything. I have the freedom to connect the dots that, in order for people to get better— to get healthy, they can use elements from both sides of the fence. They can use therapy and counseling to understand themselves better, but that they need to tap into the God of the universe for the power necessary to make the changes they need to make in their lives. I get to say these things and people can agree or disagree. It really doesn't matter. If you disagree with me, go find someone else to to listen to, right? Go, Go find someone else that you agree with. If you do agree with me or you find this stuff interesting, stick around and we'll keep transcending human together. I can't tell you how good that feels, the level of freedom that that introduces. So that's it. That's my sweet spot. And, you know, it makes me think about everybody else as well. You know, what about you? Have you found your thing? Now, I'm not saying that it can't be your profession. In fact, if you've been able to combine the two, you are the lucky one. Uh, To earn an income doing the thing you love and the thing that you feel called to do is truly a gift. So be thankful each and every day for that. But for most of us, our job is just that, a job, right? We may not hate it, but we also know that it isn't the thing we were made to do. So if you have found your sweet spot, do more of that. Even if it doesn't pay the bills, find a way to do it outside of your job, in the morning, after work, or late at night. Don't ignore the call, don't put off that thing that you keep thinking about, find your sweet spot and knock it out of the park. Okay, let's shift gears a little and jump into our topic for today, which is transcending your highway. In this episode, we're going to talk through three things. First, life is a highway. Two, pick a lane, but don't stay in it. And three, navigate with the stars. Number one, life is a highway. Interestingly enough, the whole sweet spot illustration ties in pretty well with the topic for today. Not that I really tried to do that on purpose, but um, it just I guess it's the way it worked out. Only in this episode, we're going to look at our entire life, not just that one thing we find to be our sweet spot. Because even though I believe my sweet spot is transcend human, that doesn't mean it's the only thing I do. Our sweet spot is really just one facet of our lives. As we'll see in this episode, it's simply one lane that we drive in. And I thought it would be fun to illustrate this concept by comparing our lives to a highway. I'm sure we've all heard the song, Life is a Highway. Uh, It was originally recorded by Tom Cochran, but more recently, uh, it was made made mainstream when it was covered by the country band Rascal Flats in the Pixar movie Cars. And while the lyrics themselves don't really add to our conversation it's the concept I'm interested in, right? That each of us is on a highway. Our life is a highway taking us away from where we are to where we wanna go. So let's talk a little bit about this highway that we're on. First of all, what I'm talking about will be highly contextual, right? So <clears throat> if, if you live in a city or near one, then you'll probably be able to visualize this pretty quickly. But if you live in a more rural setting, Uh, I'll need to help you along a little bit. So when I say highway, I'm not referring to a county or state highway. One of those small roads out in the country where you may be able to drive 55, but it's simply one lane going your direction and one going the other direction, oftentimes with no median in between. And I'm not talking about an interstate highway, often with two lanes going in each direction, separated by a large grassy median. No, I'm talking about the mega highways in our country and around the world. Highways in New York, Houston, Atlanta, Baltimore, and yes, right here in Southern California. Each of these highways has at least 14 lanes. That's seven going in each direction. These are the highways I'm talking about. And if you haven't experienced one, you don't know what you're missing. I encourage you to get out there and live a little. For the purposes of this episode, I'm going to use the good old 405 as my example. So the 405, as we call it, is a bypass built to lessen the traffic on what we call the 5, the main freeway that stretches from Mexico to Canada through the Pacific Coast states. The 405 stretches from Irvine through Los Angeles to San Fernando, where it dumps back into the 5. It's a freeway that we take on a regular basis. And at any point, it can be wide open with people moving at 80 miles an hour, or it can be a parking lot, depending on the time of day and where you're at. But the main reason I'm focusing on the 405 as an illustration for our lives is the number of lanes. Because like the 405, our lives are made up of many different lanes. And it's important to understand each lane and have a plan as to how we will utilize it. On the 405, at its widest point, you probably have the following lanes. So at the far left, we have what's known as the HOV shortcut lane. This lane is an HOV lane, which means you can only be in it if you have two or more people in the car. It's also a sneaky little shortcut that allows you to go from one HOV lane on one highway to the HOV lane on another highway. Now these are few and far between, but when you know how to use them, they can save you a lot of time and energy. Next, you have the regular HOV lane. So this is the lane where you have to have two or more people in your car, and there are openings that you have to use in order to get into the lane. Once you're in the lane, you have to stay in that lane until the next opening, signified by the solid line on the right, changing to a dotted line. Now there are times when the HOV lane is moving way faster than the other lanes, and you're rewarded for carpooling. But there are other times when the HOV lane is actually moving slower than the other lanes, and once you're in it, you're stuck. So using the HOV lane requires some thought and some insight. Choose wisely, my friend. Next, the lanes are numbered from 1 to 6, moving from left to right. Lane 1 is known as the fast lane, though this can be lanes 1 and 2 if there are a full 6 lanes. If you are a fast-moving vehicle and you don't need to exit for a while, then these are the lanes you want to be in. The middle lanes are typically lanes 2 and 3, though they can be 3 and 4, whatever the case is if there are, you know, more than 4 lanes, if there are 6 lanes. These lanes are for cruising, so if you're not looking for speed and you don't need to exit soon, then these are your lanes. They still move pretty quickly, but they allow the crazy people to go around you on the left and it keeps you out of the merging chaos on the right. Next, you have the right lane, typically lane five or six, depending on the number of lanes you have. This is the lane farthest to the right, but does not require you to exit. On the nice section of the 405, this lane allows you to do two things. First, you can keep going straight, or you can exit on most exits. Now, the problem with this lane Is that it is in constant flux, right? People moving in and out of it due to the exit lanes on the right. This is the lane you want to be in if your exit is coming up soon. And finally, there is the exit lane on the far right. You know you're in an exit lane when the dotted line to the left of you changes from long, thin dashes to short, fat dashes. This is your warning that if you don't get out, of this lane, you are going to exit soon. However, if it is your exit, it's your confirmation that you're in the right place. Wow, that was a mouthful. Uh, For those of you who drive the 8090 in the Midwest, this probably sounds crazy, but it really isn't. Simply drive it for a week or so and you'll get the hang of it pretty quick. So let's make the connection. I'm suggesting that our lives are the 405. Life is a highway. And just like the 405 has numerous lanes, so too our lives have numerous lanes. Each lane represents a unique part of our existence or our daily functioning. We don't all have the same lanes, but we all have a set of lanes that we use to navigate. And here are just a few of the lanes that we may experience. So we have the work lane, the marriage lane, the family lane, the parenting lane, the hobby lane the health and fitness lane, the entertainment lane, the social media lane, the legal lane, the addiction lane, the affair lane, the divorce lane, the religion lane, the political lane, the conspiracy theory lane, and it goes on and on and on. As you can tell, there are hundreds of lanes, which translates into thousands, if not millions of different combinations of lanes. Yes, we're all on the same highway, just traveling using a different combination of lanes. Number two, pick a lane, but don't stay in it. Another interesting piece of this illustration is the fact that you can't just pick a lane and stay in it for your entire journey. This is obvious when driving on the 405, right? At any given point, you need to be in the lane that is the most useful to you at the time. You don't drive in the HOV lane if you're the only person in the car. You don't stay in lane 1 if you need to exit in 0.5 miles. You don't set up shop in lane 5 if you're going to be on the 405 for 30 miles. You change lanes based on who is in the car with you and what your next move is. Similarly, in life, you can't spend all of your time in one lane. If you spend all your time in the work lane, you're a what? A workaholic. If you spend too much time in the entertainment lane you fail to be productive. If you spend too much time in the addiction lane, you're likely to miss important lane changes when they are needed. So just like navigating the 405, we must learn to navigate our life lanes in a similar way. For example, be in the right lane at the right time. If you're at work, be in the work lane. If you're at home with a family, be in the family or the parenting lane. If it's date night, be in the marriage lane. You get the point. Focus on the thing you need to focus on. This is why we all laugh when we see a family at a restaurant and all of them are sitting around the table on their devices, not talking to each other. They are in the family lane, but each of them are straddling the dotted line with two wheels in the family lane and two wheels in another lane altogether. And this typically breeds disaster. Yes, this is usually when accidents happen. Number three, navigating with the stars. So finally, um, it isn't that important just to be in the right lane at the right time. It's also important to be driving correctly in the lane that you're in. So back to our 405 illustration, if you're driving alone in the car and you choose to be in the HOV lane, you better be ready to hand over $300 to $400 if you get caught. If you're driving slowly in lane one, you're going to get in trouble with most of the other drivers. Most likely, they will flash their lights at you to try to get you to move over. But if they're really in a hurry and they're really frustrated, there may be a horn involved and a middle finger as they go around you. And if you're in an exit lane when you're not really exiting for another 50 miles, you're going to take a detour that is not helpful. Similarly, in our lives, we need to take a hard look at each of the lanes we drive in. We need to understand the lane. We need to see that there are healthy and unhealthy ways to drive in that lane. And we need to work on each lane if we hope to grow and mature, if we hope to transcend human, if you will, in each of those areas. Now, I think I mentioned that I started running again. I'm trying to do it three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And in this crazy COVID work-from-home world, it's actually working. Uh, not only am I able to get up and get it done, but I'm also able to listen to my podcast again, which is something I was doing, you know, back before COVID when I was driving to work. This week, uh, I listened to an episode of the Robcast with Rob Bell. Uh, the episode is called South Star, uh, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Now, depending who you are and what your background is, uh, you may hear the name Rob Bell and cringe or worse, you may say, oh my word, if you listen to Rob Bell, I'm never listening to you again. Fair enough. That's fine. Um, Rob Bell is a bit controversial. Uh, He moved away from ministry in, I think, Michigan is where he was located at some point in order to take some of his ideas on the road, so to speak. I think he spent some time with Oprah on The Oprah Show, uh, and he has continued to do speaking engagements and um, writing books and recording his podcast along the way. I guess I look at it like this. You know, I may not believe everything that Rob Bell stands for. In fact, I may believe that some of his ideas can even be dangerous. But at the same time, I believe that there are many mainline pastors and teachers presenting things that are not close to being biblical as well. So if this is true, then I need to filter what I hear no matter where it comes from. And this is what allows me to listen to podcasts like The Robcast. Because I'm listening to it with an open mind and critical thinking, passing what is said through my filter of truth, which is the Bible. At any rate, I feel like Rob Bell and I are somewhat alike. Going back to the minute of transparency, I felt like my sweet spot was writing and recording Transcend Human, as a side gig, right? Not becoming a pastor or clinician in order to get my ideas across. And from the outside looking in, Rob Bell did the exact same thing. At some point, he realized that being a pastor wasn't the right route for his message. It was causing too much division and chaos. So he moved away from that and created a platform where he could explore his ideas, right or wrong, and people are able to follow him on that platform or choose not to. Now that I can appreciate. But anyways, back to the podcast episode. So Rob basically threw out an idea for how we learn or how we grow. Uh, His idea is that we can learn by following the North Star or what he calls South Stars. Both have the power to help you shape your life. A North Star is pretty obvious, right? It's a person that is a good role model, Uh, someone who gives you good advice, a mentor maybe, or, or just seeing somebody do good in the world. Pretty easy to understand. You see it, you do it, right? You try to be like that person. But a south star is different. It's actually the opposite. And yet we typically don't see this as helpful. It's when we see people behaving badly. It's people giving bad advice, people doing bad things to you and people doing things to make the world a worse place. These South Stars are not as easy to understand. Sometimes you have to figure out what it is about the behavior that is actually bad. Uh, A person rubs you the wrong way and you have to ask why. Why is it, what is it that they're doing that I don't like or that I don't want to do? If you can define the specific behavior, then you can choose to do the opposite. So the South Star idea at its core is seeing something and choosing to do the opposite. So back to our illustration, life is a highway. How are you doing in each of your lanes? For me, a few months ago, I could say I was doing pretty well in a few lanes, right? The work lane was going strong, the writing and recording, the podcast lane was moving forward, the family lane was working. I mean, I was doing my part to help, you know, keep the kitchen clean, laundry done, keep the house vacuumed. But those are just a few of my lanes. What about the other ones? What about the healthy food lane? What about the exercise lane? What about the marriage lane? You know, these were lanes that I had either neglected on some level or forgot to drive in altogether. And Rob Bell's podcast episode hit me at just the right time. As I was asking myself how I was doing, he challenged me to look around, find a few North Star examples and try to be more like them, and see the South Star examples for what they really are, illustrations of the way not to go. So that's what I did, at least in the exercise lane, for example. I found a North Star in my wife, who exercises five times a week and makes it a priority. If she can do it, why can't I do it? And I see countless south stars, people living sedentary lives just like I was, then wondering why they don't feel good half the time. And that was enough. That was the motivation I needed to, to get out of bed a little earlier and to force myself to go do it. I changed lanes and I started driving in the exercise lane a few times a week. Now, do I absolutely love running in the morning? No. Heck no. It's a challenge every day to get out of bed and make it happen. But what I can tell you is that I feel better for the rest of the day. And my expectation is that a few months from now, it'll be even easier, and the benefits will start to compound themselves in other areas of my life. At least that's the hope. So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself the following questions. If your life is a highway... What lanes make up that highway? Two, are you spending too much time or too little time in one or more of your lanes? If so, what would it take to change that? What would it take to be in the right lane at the right time? And finally, can you identify some north stars in your life to emulate? Or, equally as helpful, are there some south stars that you can use to drive you in the opposite direction? And that's it, my friends. That's it for today. Thank you so much for being with us. I love that we get to spend this time together each week. Um, I hope that things are going well for you. Uh, Until next time, have a great week. Keep switching lanes and keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.